Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Gotta love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected, and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it, and follow me on Instagram at ShallonXO, and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Let's get comfy. Let's undo that bra. Let's unbutton those pants. Relax our jaw, and maybe for the first time all week, just be still. Just breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. And this week, our mantra is going to be, I am all things. What does that mean? Why that? Well, we're going to be doing a little bit of an evil week preview. We're going to be talking about revenge. And the reason I do evil week is because we need at times to step into the shoes of wickedness. We need to see what life is like through the lens of people who aren't kind, who are conniving, who are sinister, who are looking to drain other people of their resources because forewarned is forearmed. And there is a kernel of that in all of us. And we can truly let it run amok in times of emotional outbursts and stress and all this stuff, or we can learn how to harness it and we can learn how to weaponize it, honestly, sometimes for good. If we can get ahead in business and maybe be a little bit ruthless, hey, we've got more money to take care of our family. We've got more money to donate. Maybe we can turn that business into something altruistic and profitable. If we can cut off a fuckboy and be ruthless with him, get him to love us, well, maybe we can craft a really great, solid relationship and have the family we've already wanted. So sometimes there's an advantage to being evil. And that starts with accepting that there is parts of wickedness in all of us. So that's why this is our mantra. I am all things. And it's really important to not be afraid of who you are and to learn to embrace it, if for no other reason so we can change it, because we know that we can't change what we don't acknowledge, but also to turn it maybe into something beneficial for you and the people you love. So let's do this mantra. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Just one more time for good evil measure. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. All right, let's get down to it. And as you guys know, I get these questions from the Shalligator Reddit thread. Head on over there. It's a wonderful place for you guys to connect. You guys can ask questions, get advice from one another, share even memes, which are so funny. So let's hear what we have to say. This first question is a fantastic warm-up for us for Evil Week. Now, if you don't know Evil Week, it's the week we do every year. Well, I guess this is actually only the second year. It seems like so much longer because I've been evil for so long, where we do seven videos in seven days on the seven deadly sins. Last year, we did themes like how to destroy a fuckboy, how to cheat and not get caught, how to manipulate money out of a man. I mean, real evil stuff. It's not just for the name, people. But there was always a kernel of goodness in there. Like for the cheat and not get caught, it was basically don't cheat. Because even if you don't get caught, you're going to be miserable. And sometimes that's worse than getting caught. So there is a bit of an upside. This year, I don't know that I'm going to do that, though, because I'm just feeling pretty darn evil these days. But like I said, only for a week every year. 
So Evil Week is going to start off on YouTube. We're going to do a few videos over there and then take it over to Instream because Instream lets us talk about whatever we want. It's I-N-F-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Shallon Lester. It's $2 a month, ad-free and uncensored. And it, you know, YouTube won't let us talk about naughty things and we need a space where we can just let our evil flag fly. So this is an excellent question from the Reddit thread. She said, hey, Shalligators, I was recently re-watching old Evil Week videos of Shallons, especially how to destroy your enemies. While making tactics and planning your victory, should I ask my peers and my best friends for advice? This one girl really fucked me over and I want revenge, but I and I know how to get it. But if I ask my friends, they're a lot more tenderhearted and will probably advise me to keep the peace. Da, da, da. Trust me. I tried peace. Nothing worked with that girl. And her behavior towards me is in my way of doing well on my project in university since we were both put into a team. When should I take advice from friends and when should I act on my instincts? Okay, this is excellent. I'm so glad we're covering this. <clears throat> Tell no one. There's this old saying, two can keep a secret if one of them is dead. This means that loose lips sink ships. The more people you tell about your plot, the higher the chance it's going to get ruined, especially if your friends aren't evil, especially if they're tenderhearted. They're probably going to go to her and be like, hey, do you know what? Caitlin's like really upset and she said she's going to try to get back at you. I just want everyone to be all good. Bitch, no one's all good here. OK, it's evil week. So the more people you tell, of course, they're going to keep dissuading you out of this. They're not going to have any relevant things to add. I mean, their idea of revenge is, I don't know, tell her like you don't like her romper. I don't know, Caitlin. It's not going to be helpful. It's not going to be evil and it's not going to be effective. All it's going to do is erode the efficacy of your revenge plans. Think of this as war. We must always think of our revenge as war. What is the best possible tactic you can employ in war? The sneak attack, right? It comes out of nowhere. It's in the middle of the night. There was no warning. They didn't see the troops move in. Ah! Because you don't want to give your enemy the chance to prepare. That's the absolute worst case scenario. <clears throat> Is this limey bitch you're trying to get revenge against knows what you're going to be up to. And if if you have tried peace with this person, she is already a bellicose person. She's already a warlike person. So that means she's not just going to be like, oh, Caitlin wants like to blast me to the teacher on this project. Uh-uh-uh. She's not going to take that line down. She's going to go to the professor first and be like, well, Caitlin's been blowing the TA. She is going to make war against you. And then suddenly you're on the defense in your own war. Ridiculous. All because of what? You want to tell your friends? Honey, tell the shalligators. Tell us on Reddit. We're here for you and we're not going to blab. Mostly because we don't know who you are. But even if we did, we are a vault of secrets, especially evil ones. <clears throat> and I understand your feeling. I, <laughs> hello, am such a blabbermouth, right? I need to tell every single feeling that I have at all times to anyone around me. Well, hello, cashier at Safeway. Would you like to know how I'm doing with my PMS? Uh, let me tell you. But I don't. Instinct does not mean destiny. Just because we want to tell people things doesn't mean we should, and it doesn't mean it's wise. And truly, zipping our lip is one of the greatest skills we can master. It honestly is. Because every time I look back and I look at really bad outcomes in my life, it's always because I couldn't shut up. Whether it's I just told a friend off and guess who's not my friend anymore? Or I did that with a boss. 
or I revealed a little too much about myself on a date, or I texted a fuckboy exactly what was in my heart. Bad outcomes. Say less. Make this our motto. Say less. Say less. Now, there's certain people in your life you can say everything to, but it isn't every person in your life. That's statistically impossible, right? So we need to be extremely judicious about who we're talking to, especially about our nefarious schemes. If you're dating someone and you trust them, okay, fine. You can tell them a lot about your life. But again, not these nefarious plots. These need to belong to you and you alone. I get revenge a lot. I mean, people look at my necklace that I wear and they're like, oh, what does that like mean something? I'm like, try it and find out, bitch. It means revenge. It really is pretty cut and dry. It means I like getting back at people who have wronged me. But here's the thing. Revenge comes in many, many forms. And truly, truly, and I I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't true. Living well, honestly, is the best revenge in the vast majority of cases. The vast majority of revenge scenarios, you really do win, not by taking actionable steps against your enemy, but simply by outlasting your enemy. You know, oh, they they wanted to destroy you at work. But, so they started popping off at the boss. And then the boss kind of started to look at them as sideways and childish. And you know what? When it came time for that promotion, they didn't get it. And you did simply because they just talked themselves into a grave and you did nothing. And that sucks. I mean, it sucks in the moment because when we want to get back at someone who's wronged us, we want it to be a reaction, a big action. <clears throat> and sometimes that is the course. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. So I'm not at all advocating for you to get, you know, for to go for peace with this girl. If you say you've tried, I believe you. But just weigh what is truly the best outcome in the long run. And, you know, like they say, revenge is a dish best served cold. And who the hell wants to wait for a piping hot meal to get cold? I don't want to, I want to eat it hot. So figure out what is ultimately going to destroy her in in the best way. Now, when I have gotten revenge on people, I haven't told a soul unless I had a very specific accomplice who I needed in order to execute this plan. But that's it. I don't even share and I won't share during Evil Week what my typical revenge tactics are because I do have honestly a playbook. And I it's like any playbook of war. You don't want it falling into the hands of your enemies. And the hands of my enemies pay very close attention to what I do on my podcast, on my channel. And I'm not going to give them a heads up about what's coming for them. And believe me, things are coming. And some things have already come to pass. And when we stay silent about it, we distance ourselves from that reaction. We distance ourselves from the revenge. And I know what you're thinking. I don't want to distance myself. I want them to know it was me. That's natural and of course but what we want more than anything i believe and i have come to realize is neutralization of the enemy i want you to not exist anymore i'm not saying i want you dead but i want you to just just not exist to just kind of like vaporize out of my life so that i never have to deal with you again because just because they don't want peace doesn't mean 
we can't want peace. And it doesn't mean we're wusses if we do want peace, because of course we want peace. We are bad bitches. We are titans of industry waiting to happen. We are wonderful friends and moms and lovers and sisters and daughters. And like we always say, energy is currency, right? It's like a big bank account you have and every day you're spending from it. And you can overdraw. And just like your money, you would be judicious about where you spent your money. Would you spend money on your enemies? Would you keep spending like dollar after dollar after dollar on your enemies so that you don't have any money left to take that girl's trip, to buy that new outfit, to pay your bills? No. You'd be like, what am I fucking doing, dude? Energy is not so different. You only have so much. And when it's gone, it's gone. So yes, we want to stick it to them. We want to destroy them. But more than anything, we want them to not exist in our life, right? And so again, the tactics might differ. And chasing that need for them to know it was me, like Game of Thrones style, yes, is like, oh, I want them to know. But the downside is that if you haven't destroyed your enemy absolutely, completely, just annihilated them so that they have absolutely no recourse to come back and attack you again, they probably are going to attack you again. And now you didn't have a carpet bombing. You didn't have a blitzkrieg. You have a war. And wars go back and forth. It's a tennis match. Someone's up, someone's down, volleying. And then where's your peace? You know what I mean? Now you are hemorrhaging that emotional currency towards this dick. And what's the return on investment? So my revenge tactic is always strike quiet, strike hard, strike once. And I believe it's a quote from The Art of War. It honestly might be just a quote I made up in my mind, but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Sun Tzu came up with this. But I have said it so often, it has become like the sound of my soul. If someone attacks you, Your response has to be so overwhelming and insane, they're afraid to ever attack you again. And this, again, this can look several different ways. For some people, all they want is your attention. Now, I've had my fair share of haters on the internet. People try to cancel me. You can't cancel me. You can't cancel talent. You also can't cancel someone who doesn't work for anybody else. (laughs) You know, it's like... Pretty, pretty step one. I work for myself and I'm actually not going to fire myself, but nice try. And so many of those people, all they wanted was my attention. Pathetic. But can you blame them? Who doesn't want the attention of a shalligator, right? Isn't everyone on planet Earth clamoring for our attention, ladies? Of course, we're fabulous. And so for me, so much of the time, the way I dealt with those people, truly the cruelest thing I could do was nothing. It made them insane to think that they weren't on my level, that they weren't someone I paid attention to. And it, it's not even like I was doing that purposely. I I don't know who 99% of those people are. I'm not paying attention. It's organic. I'm not watching hate videos. I'm not reading hate comments. I don't know who you are. I don't care. You're beneath me in every possible category. So if the enemy in your life is doing that, if they're looking for attention, if they're looking for reactivity, if they want a war because then they get to feel like a worthy adversary, deny them that. Oh, I know. It's going to feel terrible. You're going to feel like a wuss. You're going to feel like a coward. And people might even call you that. Oh, (laughs) 
Challenge is too scared to, re to respond to these people. No, honey, I'm too rich. Okay? I have better things to do. I have checks to cash. I have deals to make. I don't... What, like we always say, the Great Dane and the Chihuahua. The Chihuahua can bark and bark and bark. The Great Dane is not engaging because this is not a worthy adversary to a Great Dane. An eagle and a pigeon don't interact for very specific reasons. Even though they might be the same species, the eagle looks at the pigeon and is like, who the fuck are you? You're my gross cousin. You're gross cousin Marty at Thanksgiving, and I don't want to spend another minute around you, Marty. So sometimes this is the course of action with your haters. And like I said, I know, I know it's unsatisfying. But the ends justifies the means. And in the moment, it's not going to be satisfying. And... When we look at other things in our life, like saving money, like losing weight, like getting a degree, of course in the moment it's not satisfying, right? I don't want to sit down and write this paper. I don't want to not eat the chicken wings. I don't want to pass up this sweater. But the ends justifies the means. And we cannot let our emotions cloud strategy. War is strategy. Dispassionate strategy. There's a reason generals in armies serve whoever the commander-in-chief is, because it's dispassionate. It's not the general himself. I mean, not anymore. There was when it was like George Washington and stuff before we had a president, <clears throat> because the general is dispassionate. You know, like I have an ex-boyfriend. His uncle was General Rommel. If you know World War II, he was the, the German general. They called him the Desert Fox. And people are like, oh, he was a Nazi. He wasn't a Nazi at all. He was he was a servant. You know, he that he was a soldier and he followed who the person in power was. That was what he had to do. And he hated the Nazi regime to the point he committed suicide. <clears throat> he eventually killed himself. But before then, he had to follow orders. Why? What am I saying here? Is because if he had listened to his own heart, he wouldn't have done what he do he had done. And the Germans wouldn't have advanced as far as they had. But the reason generals don't report to themselves, the reason they do have someone one step higher than them is so that they can judge strategy as dispassionately as possible. They don't have the skin in the game that maybe the president does <clears throat> or that maybe the people, the ground troops, the infantrymen does. They are just a little bit removed. I know this from being in ROTC and studying military strategy. You know, we had to take classes in it. And it was so interesting to learn that because, you know, I was... I wasn't even a soldier. I was like a, a tiny cosplay baby version of a soldier. And I was like so gassed up about everything America was dealing with at the point. I want to go kill ISIS and I want to do this and blah, blah, blah. But the cadre, like our, our professors who are like ex-Green Beret, stuff like that, a colonel, they're like, the reason you have the older people making the decisions is because they're dispassionate. You have the young men making decisions and it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, get the guns, go kill those motherfuckers. Bin Laden, we're coming for you. You need someone removed to make those choices. What am I saying? Try to become the general of your own army. Try to be dispassionate when you are making plans for revenge. Because if you let that hot-headed feeling, that righteous, justified indignation and anger and hurt and venom cloud your judgment, you're going to slip up. You're going to make mistakes, right? Because... They're going to know it's you. And like we said, that that can just draw this person closer into your life. And truly, you don't want that. You don't want that. 
Who cares if they know it was you? You know what? That's something you can tell them a year down the road when they're a broken person. Like, you know who fucked up your senior thesis? Me. You know who deleted your PowerPoint off your computer? Me. Bye. That's when you can do it. But not in the moment. Not when the war is already raging. So there's a few reasons we want to tell our friends, right? One of them, obviously, we want to unburden ourselves. We don't like feeling this way, feeling miserable and attacked and sad and all of these things. And so we want a degree of comfort. And that tells me we do want peace. You know, we aren't at our baseline that warlike because we are such high achievers. Although being a high achiever, you got to be pretty ruthless. So maybe scratch that. But the other reason we ask people around us or tell people around us is because we need ideas, right? We need actual logistical ideas. What can I do to ruin her? How can I get back at this guy? Tell me. Well, like I said, if your friends are all tenderhearted, they're not going to have anything relevant to say. Her romper, it's not going to be helpful. So just bypass that altogether. Ask the Shalligators on the Reddit thread. I mean, I'm always looking for new ideas too. I have a pretty amazing set of revenge tags. I wish I could say, maybe I'll make a Finsta and go on the Reddit page and add it. And you guys can see if you can figure out which one is me. That might be fun. But there's two ways to go about this, right? Like I was saying, strike once and strike big. That's usually my tactic and just completely crush someone. The other tactic is sort of the shrink wrap method. This death by a thousand cuts thing where if it's somebody you have a lot of access to, you can basically terrorize them. I mean, not like like a terrorist. I mean, not like actually terrorize them, but just make their life stressful and confusing and annoying. You know, how did how did peanut butter get under my door handle? This is so irritating. Like, where did my USB drive go? How did my iPhone cable fray like this? Almost like there's a little goblin in their house that's like, hee hee and just like wreaking havoc on tiny aspects of their life. Again, though, it's not as satisfying as one big revenge dump, like one big sort of kamikaze dive bomb. But if they're already sort of a nervous, stressed out person and they can't really handle the little curveballs that life can logistically throw at them, this could be excellent. And this could sort of unseat their sanity in an effective way so that it gives you time to come up with that giant nuclear bomb that you're going to drop on them so that when you do, maybe the bomb doesn't have to be as big, but it will be doubly effective because they're already so off their rocker. You know what I mean? Wow, I sound really evil today. Good. I mean, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. If, we're, if it's going to be evil week, let's be evil. Just for seven days, though. And then we get back to our wonderful, majestic, blossoming selves. This is another reason I do evil week. Forewarned is forearmed. And if we move through the world not understanding how evil people are moving through the world, not just seven days, but 365 days a year, we are not predators we are prey. And honey, I'm nobody's prey and neither are you. So I think it's very important to, at times, step into the shoes of wickedness. How do these people think? How do they operate? How do they see someone like me? Do they see me as a friend and a, a girlfriend or do they see me as a target? 
Do they see me as an easy mark, as a victim, as someone to drain and cast aside? How can I get one step ahead of that? How can I outsmart the evil people out there? And sometimes, you know, not sometimes, most of the times, that means removing yourself from their line of sight. You don't want to catch the attention of a wicked person. And the way we do that, the way wicked people look at us and analyze us and go like, "Mm, no, I don't think I could murder her that easily. Mm, No, she's probably going to be kind of hard to con is by strengthening who we are. I lived in New York City for, I mean, over a decade. I lived there since I graduated from college and I never got mugged. I did get in some fights on the subway, but for the most part, I didn't because I think a lot of people looked at me and were like, there's something not weak about her. She's She's got her head on a swivel. She's not just zoning out on the train. She, her eyes are looking around. She's alert. I was trying to stay one step ahead of the evil people. And look, I'm not saying that people who have experienced this kind of like violence and crime in New York deserved it and they're dumb and they're sheep. Not at all. I mean, bad things happen to very good and very smart people. But I was always very vigilant to try not to be that mark for for wicked people, you know? And it's exhausting. Really, it's exhausting. So that's why I like Evil Week is because it condenses these lessons. We don't have to learn them in drips and drops from the news and, oh, wait, I should carry a flashlight. No, honey, we are diving headfirst into the deep end of evil and we are seeing what we can learn from them and how we can enrich our own lives. Because usually when we're enriching our own lives, we don't need to erode the lives of others. It's honestly never occurred to me. When I'm making a lot of money and I'm successful, revenge is the last thing on my mind. Because what? Living well is the best revenge. Moving on unbothered, can you think of anything that would piss your haters off more? I can't. And that is why I cultivate that. That is why I don't respond to the people who come against me. It's, it's all that they want is a reaction. I'm not a reactive person. I'm an incredibly methodical person. I plan, I strategize, and I execute. And these people aren't part of my overall world domination scheme. So the people in your life who are coming against you, ask yourself that too. Is this person a stepping stone that I need to maybe step on, maybe just step right on them to get ahead. If so, okay, I'm going to tailor my methods. Or are they a fly in my ear? Well, what do we do with flies? We smack them down. We smack them down once though. So look at your strategies. Look at the people in your life. Ask yourself if they can be of any use to you in achieving those aims and strategies. And if they can't, say nothing. Remember, when it comes to revenge, say less. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Chalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. Stay savage.